here is a scenario. Um, I'm the one that made it up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> trying to get across because the point of what I want to do tonight is look at this is going to lead into our text tonight in Isaiah 40. All right. And how Isaiah 40 is broken apart, and I mean, that how what what is God doing in Isaiah 40? Um, so I want you to think about a scenario, okay? Um, and this is a scenario, obviously completely fictitious. Fictitious. Do you guys remember the show 24 Hours with Keith? Yes, Sutherland? that's the yeah. old favorite show. Yeah, I love that too. I used to watch that. that so it was called 24 Hours, 24. right? Just 24. Just 24. And so it was based, every season was based on literally 24, 24 hours. Every episode. And every show was like an hour in that 20, every show was like an hour within that 24 hours. And he had to, you know, save the world. <laughs> every season, basically. All right. Um, so I want you to think about the scenario. Okay. I want, to, want you to think about that if you were to... Let's say tomorrow morning you get a knock on your door, okay? And someone hands you a letter. Delivery person hands you a letter. You open the letter, and the letter says you have 24 hours in which to come up with a half a million dollars, all right? 24 hours in which to do that, all right? Um, I think they've already been to my house. <laughs> <laughs> you you obviously do not have the money to do that. There's no way you can do that. All right. Um, and the instructions are that you must have that full half a million dollars within 24 hours, because that person will come back to collect that money. Okay, the person who's requesting that. If you don't, you're doomed. I don't know what that could mean, all right? But you have to do it, okay? You have to in 24 hours. I'm going to come up with a threatening type scenario. <clears throat> so here's the stipulations about you getting that money, all right? You cannot get that money from someone you've met. It has to be from someone you've never met before, okay? All right? Everyone following me so far? Mm-hmm. So... You in 24 hours have to go find someone who's going to give you a half a million dollars. Someone you don't know. So as you go about trying to find someone who will do that, and you encounter people, what are the questions? I'm going to say, I'm going to try to come up with what are the two questions you need to ask that person? to be able to trust and have the confidence that they will give you that half a million dollars and that they will give it to you by your deadline 24 hours later. What would you, so you just walk up to anybody, all right? What what two questions would you have to come up with to ask them to gain the confidence that that person will do what they say and they will bring that money to you and you will have it within that time frame. What would you have to ask that person? Do you have the money? Pardon me? Do you have the money? Do you have the money? Okay. No, that's really good. Okay. There's one obvious one right there. Do you have the money? Okay. 
that's one of the questions. What other question would you need to ask besides just the fact, do you have the money? Can you help me? What? Can you help me? Can you help me? I would and it would change that to not just can you, help, you me, help me, will you help will me? You help me? Okay. And can I have proof that you will see this through with me? I, I think yeah. the next most important one is how fast can you get it? Yeah. Right. So that that's part <laughs> of right. I think so. I think I would wrap that all into the first question that um, was asked, which is. Are you able to get me this money in time? What's the Do money going to be it? used for? Doesn't really matter. Doesn't but I mean, the guy that's giving you the money, I'm sure he, he'd, he'd want to know. Well, yeah, so you tell him the story, that's right? Which means that you find someone, you find someone that has the money and you know can get the money and give you the money, right? All those things around that, pretty much that question. Do you have the ability to give me that money in time? Can I so we have to blow, blow past all the normal questions here to stipulate to follow your story because right. I want to turn into Liam Neeson. Yeah, no, you can't do any of that. No, start yeah. rocking and rolling. <laughs> right, yeah. no, you can't do any of that. All right. You can't do any of that, all right? I'm just, because, think about now. So I'm going to hunt the guy down. <laughs> right, but you can't do that. All right. Okay. I think the so, most important question is, can I trust you? Well, can I trust you? You're right. It's going to come from the other guy. I mean, because no, if you... If you're exactly right. Can I trust you to give me that money? So to be able to trust that person, you've got to know sort of two things. Do they have the ability to even get you the money and, and bring it to you? So do they have the means? Do they have the money? Do they have the means to do it within that period of time? Okay. So can they... But not only can they, will they, okay? So just because someone might have the money, the first thing is, will you what? Help me. Will you save me? <laughs> okay. Because you can't do Liam Nelson. Will you, will you, are you willing to save me in this situation? Okay. Does that make sense? Will you help me? And are you able to help me? Does that make sense? Good luck trying to find somebody. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, which is the point of what we're going to look at tonight? All right. Because in essence, in what we're going to look at with Isaiah 40, is those two questions are being asked. Okay? Those two questions are being asked to sort of take up all of Isaiah 40. One is, will, you know, Will you help me? <laughs> okay? Do you want to help me? Do you want to help me? All right? And the second question is, do you have the ability to help me? So you have these people in exile. They're exiled out to Babylon. They're sitting in Babylon. Okay? And they're wondering about their God. And they're wondering those two things. Will Yahweh... Does he want to help? <laughs> okay. And does he have the ability to save us? Okay. What kind of, the real question is what kind of confidence did they have to ask those questions? Well, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. Okay. So I want you thinking of those two questions. Everyone sort of following me overall? I was trying to think of a scenario for that. Okay. So I want you to open up to Isaiah 40 that we started on last week. 
And I want to first just sort of review. We were looking at Isaiah 40, 1 through 11, and we got to pretty much 1 through 8 last week. And what we said last week was that really at verse 11, it changes. Okay, so we have sort of the prelude from verses 1 through 11. is really like the opening of the whole section of Isaiah 40 through 55. Really, it's almost like the preamble. It's, it's the intro of everything that we're going to be seeing also in um, 40 through 55. All right? And so we were looking at that last week. So just let me, in fact, I'll just go ahead and read through it again. As I read through, just I'll make a couple of notes. Did anybody, I asked a question last week, did anybody else see any kind of patterns in looking at Isaiah 41 through 11? Just sort of like where you see something said over and over and over again, or you see anything that we sort of pick up stuff? Well, there's four beholds. Very good. Four, I am the Lord. Excellent. Okay. Very good. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Good job. Oh. All right. Okay, so you see how it says in Isaiah 49, it says, Behold your God. Behold the Lord God comes in might. Behold his reward is with him. All right? So you see that there? Anybody else see other patterns of any type within this whole section? They may see the pattern about God, how God is addressed. So notice in Isaiah 41, it says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God, right? Then in verse 3, it says, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Mm-hmm. Then in verse 8, it says, But the word of our God. And then if you look in verse 9, it says, Behold your God. There's sort of just a little pattern, just sort of picking up. It's always good to sort of see if you have anything that you go. And we're reading ESV here, which is part of the reason why I like the ESV, is that ESV tends to use the same words, so you will see patterns. Um, if you were looking Hebrew, you'd see it a whole lot more. <laughs> okay, but um, you can just sort of pick up those patterns there. Um, anybody else see anything else as far as patterns? They're kind of crying out in desperation. Okay. In in verse two and verse six and verse yeah, verse six two and six. Okay. Three and six refers to a voice crying. Yep. Very good. Yep. There you go. Got a voice talking. Anything else? See the pattern. Um, They're talking about uh, geographical features. Uh, every mountain, oh, okay. Uh huh. The flowers fading. They're all physical features. All right. Good. Good. That's good things. Yeah. See the pattern in verse 11? Mm-hmm. 
will. He will. <laughs> right. All right. He will tend his flock. Oh, yeah. He will gather the lambs. He will carry mm-hmm. them. All right. This is all coming from Isaiah. Well, yeah, it's Isaiah writing it. And that's part of what 1 through 11 is a little bit weird on. It's like, who's speaking? Yeah. Is it God? Is it Jerusalem? Is it Isaiah? Is it <laughs> is it some heavenly host? Like when, when you read that whole thing about a voice cries, who's the voice? Because yeah. remember in Isaiah 6, we it's had a chair. The money, obviously. Exactly. Good way to put it. All right. So, so we would we talked about in Isaiah 41 through 11. What was it that we said last week as to how did we sort of differentiate and know that Isaiah 41 through 11 was sort of a section, and then we saw a change, verse starting at verse 12. What was what was the thing that anybody? What 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 is it? There's sort of marks that as I'm reading along, all of a sudden I hit verse 12 and I go, oh, wait a minute, that sounds sort of different. Looks like he's they're declaring all the things he's done in the past. And that's and when, starting when? At twelve. Yeah, okay. He's going, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Uh-huh. Who else could, right? Marked off the heavens with a span. And what tone wise? What do you do you get like a sense of almost like tone or Feeling or like who, who between else? one through eleven, I'll say hit twelve. Do you guys sense who of else would help you? Huh? Who else could help? Okay. Who else is that starting in twelve? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Pete. Mm-hmm. Who else could help? Yeah. Yeah. No one else. <laughs> yeah. No one you can trust more than you. Right. Right. Okay. Anybody else? Do you tone. Okay, I want you to think of these two questions. I'm going to sort of summarize what we said before, okay, given our scenario, all right? One question is, do, does this person want to help you? And the other question is, do they have the ability to help you, right? Okay. So Isaiah 40, 1 through 11, is it answering... For Israel in Babylon, is God answering? Which question is He answering? Yes, I want to help you. Or is He, or is He, is He answering? Well, let me tell you why I'm the one to help you. I have the ability to help. What do you think? Well, it's all about power. So, well, in some ways, both. But I guess, what would you more say? What, what's he trying? What What is God trying to communicate in one through eleven? Just Just in reading that, listen, listen to comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. What do you get the idea of this God? How, what's What's he's trying to say to people? He's, he's, he's reaching out to them. He's reaching out to them. He's reaching out, trying to get their attention. Uh huh. Reminding them that he is truly the one that will help. But I think he's also speaking out 
to those who know him to go out and make straight the way of the Lord, which would be reminding them to repent uh-huh. and turn towards God. Mm-hmm. Because Solomon set the whole thing up when he dedicated the temple to the Lord. And then he said a prayer. He said, Oh Lord, when my, our people were carried off into captivity, if they should turn and repent from their evil ways towards this holy temple right. and cry out to you, right. you will save them. And he prayed, just went down the list of all the sins you could possibly commit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was all about turning and following the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Good. So it's kind of like, to this day, it hasn't changed a bit. I like what Steve said about reminding, because these people had a relationship before. Right? Yeah, they did. And mm-hmm. it was a right. very important and significant relationship. Right. What happened was, they turned right, and they went astray. Right. And so, having having had that history and knowing what that relationship is about, this is a compassionate way of appealing to re-enter into the relationship. And so it was, it's a reminder, as Steve says. And I think that's even yeah. our calling to this very day. Right. Is to make straight the pathway because the Lord is going to return. Right? Yeah. Or even bail us out of the trouble we're in now. Mm-hmm. If my people kind of answers the question, how's life working for you doing your way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and when it's not working for you, I mean, which is what's happening here, right? I mean, yeah, the people are in Babylon. They're in exile. It's like all of us, someone coming in and ripping us out of our homes without us having any say-so, maybe even separating us from our families, and ripping us out of our homes and taking us from, to some faraway country. All right. Totally, his emphasis like totally shifts from judgment to like just comfort, pure comfort, and the comfort yeah. is going to come from God's glorious return. Yep, yep. And so, what is the comfort? What is the comfort well, doing yeah. to the people who've turned away from them? Well, they're they're, they're forced into repentance. Yeah, for repentance. But what's it to him? They want to repent and think about that verse in Romans. Why should they repent? Because of the because what do they know about God? What do they know about him for you even wanting to repent? What is this telling us about God? Well, they, know, they know his strength. They know yeah, what? Yeah, what? He will forgive them. Well, he will. What is it? But what does it say about who this God is in relationship to his people? He's just. Well, he's just, but he's more than just just. He, he was? He's a loving God. He's a loving God. He cares about his people, right? He wants to help them. All right? And I think they, they did their time, too. Yeah. So they did their, what was it, so 70 years of captivity, right? And on this, on this. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many years on this one, but yeah. So they're, so they're, yeah. And so it's like that her warfare has ended, he says in verse 2, and that her iniquity is pardoned. So it's like, he told Jeremiah they're going away for 70 years. Uh-huh. And he got thrown in the pit for it. 
And then here it is at the end of the 70 years, the Lord's coming. Iniquity is pardoned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because we, someone said trust, right? The whole issue is like in my scenario, can you trust this person to bring you a half a million dollars within 24 hours? To be able to trust them, I mean, one, one of the problems we have that's different here, to be able to trust them, you've got to at least have a sense of knowing that person really wants to help you, right? That they care for you. Now, of course, in my scenario, it'd be very hard because you don't know them at all, okay? <laughs> different than here. But here, if I'm going to, if God, if God's people are going to trust God, they need to know He loves us. He really wants, He doesn't want just, oh my gosh, let God come down and judge them. They, they need to know this is a God who deeply cares for me and that I can trust that what He's doing is because He loves me, right? But the second part is, they, okay, does God love me? Well, the second part that is, okay, well, God may love me, but I'm off <laughs> in Babylon, and will God deliver me? Will he, does he have really the ability to bring me back? Can I trust him, not just to say, I love you, I care about you, but trust to know I, he will actually deliver. Does that make sense? You've got these two questions here. Both are a play in Isaiah 4. Probably at least half this people who are in captivity in Babylon were a new generation. Never part of the old generation had this close relationship with God. So they are very shaky about whether or not it is really available to them and will help them. Which, if you remember from our verse, why is it that Isaiah says, I'm going to bind up this testimony that he wrote? In part to do exactly what you just said. We have this today. Why do we have the Word of God today? To remind To remind us that this God is not just working in our lives today, yeah. but this God has been working throughout history. Right. The Without that record, you're... Really lost, right? Especially if you're how do you put a trust or a young woman, right? Right. How do you believe that to be the case? Yeah. Which we all see, right? We raise our kids up as a new generation. We're we're believers. We've seen God work through our lives. Sure. We've read this, and and we build this confidence that God who loves, right? But now we have a new generation. Why is it so important to raise our kids reading the Word? <laughs> to know God loves you, but also for them to start seeing and God's And is that work. really the Word? Or is it just the history? Right. Uh, well, of right. Of circumstances and uh, failures and successes. You know, that's the way I looked at it as a young man. Uh-huh. I, I didn't sure. see anything much beyond that. Just a story. Right. That's what I thought when I was a kid. You know, yeah. Big deal. Yeah. But the other side of the coin is, if he really loved us, why did he let us get into this circumstance? Well, how do they deal with that? Yeah, and that's that's always a good question. Um, and it always goes back <laughs> to, to our free to will. perfect them. Well, it goes back to our free will, right? Yeah, that's why we got the mess, right? Right. We tend to we tend to when things go well, we tend to forget where it comes from. Well, a loving father disciplines. We learned that, what, a couple weeks ago, right? We were reading Hebrews. Hebrews 12, right. If you're not getting disciplined, you better be thinking about (laughs) 
is God my father? Sort of weird, but it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, his God, a father disciplines his son to grow them, you know? So there's part of why we have things go in our lives. Part of it is God's way of saying, trust me, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> You're my children. <laughs> we do that to our children, don't we? <laughs> of course. I you think with him, we should be able to take comfort that with anything he's handing our way, is for us to grow from. Right. I mean, we just can trust that because he says he won't. He will complete the work that he started. Yes. Yeah. So I think every situation requires us to self-examine and go, "What's this for? What? Well, how am I supposed to act?" Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So. I want you guys to keep in mind, so the first, uh, primarily one through 11 is really showing us that there's a God who deeply cares for his people, okay? They say that's the only thing, but you see that just throughout, right? Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly for them. I've forgiven all their iniquity, double-fold, all right? Uh, prepare the way of the Lord. Um, I'm going to bring good news. Oh, Jerusalem, here comes good news. Fear not. Behold, I'm your God. I come in might. Um, I'm, you know, his, I'm, his reward is with him. I will tend my flock. I will tend you and treat you as a shepherd. I will gather the lambs in my arms. I will carry them in my bosom and gently lead those who are with young. You just get this idea of this very caring God who says, I love you. I care for you. Okay. So you see that part there? Yeah. You get, you should, it's like confidence. You ever, you can read those 11 verses. Do you ever feel like, does God really love me? <laughs> verses 1 through 11 says, resounding, absolutely. And there's a, I love that in verse 1, where he says, comfort. Comfort. Right. It's kind of like, e, e. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good, Steve. Yeah. Like, like, That's really? exactly what it is, yep. Excellent, yeah. Which is, like, not just comfort, yeah. comfort my people. I'm going to be there for sure. I'm going to comfort you yes. yeah. with all the gusto possible, yeah. The other end of that is their ability to hear this. What, to what hear? To hear. Well, yeah, that's what we're going to find out is because they still have a hearing problem. <laughs> and understand, right? Yeah, hearing and understand, understand. exactly. We're going to see Isaiah 6. In fact, that's something you say that right now. One thing we're going to see is, you know, we so focus, if you remember, on Isaiah 6 so much when we start Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah 6 has not even really hit um, its, its word to Israel until we're going to see that start hitting Isaiah 40 through 55. This is when we're going to start really seeing the language of, my people are not hearing, they're not seeing, they're not understanding. So it's interesting, all the way back at Isaiah 6, he starts that, but we're going to see, even in 40, we're going to see those, this like, you're not hearing me, you're not understanding me, you're not seeing me, hello! As our wives will say to us or something, right? Can you hear me? Don't you listen listening to me? Look at me! <laughs> okay? And your wives never do that. My wife does. So... Uh, all right. So Isaiah is bringing the message. Is that? 
yeah. conclusion. Oh, well, Isaiah is definitely bringing God's message. I mean, all of this is Isaiah bringing his message. It's just you have different voices. And one of the other things I guess just note here is particularly in this 40 that we're looking at and a lot of this, is this is, Isaiah 40 is actually known for having the most, um, I don't know what word to use, um, most beautiful poetry. So you have in Isaiah 40, this is all poetic. And if you were to learn Hebrew poetry, which is just beautiful, the way that the Hebrew poets write to really come across, not just telling you something, but the emotive, getting you really to feel it like poetry does and live it. Isaiah 40 is one of the prime examples of beautiful Hebrew poetry. Ooh. I can't get that across because mm. we're not reading Hebrew, but it's just known for that. And just a lot of the poetry here, you notice that we go in, we go from poetry into sort of narrative, into poetry. You know, you'll see that over and over again, Isaiah. Because poetry expresses what? Not just sort of facts of history, but it brings out the heart of God, <laughs> you know, for his people. So, all right. So, I want you to think now, as we look at starting in verse 12, I want you to think of that second question. Because it changes tone here pretty radically. Because here God's addressing his people saying, comfort, comfort, I love you, okay, you're my people, but now, you, now it's like, as we're reading this, I want to get the sense of the second question of God trying to tell his people, maybe not in the nicest way, <laughs> well, let's do it this way, it's like maybe, what, what are the ages of your, you have two kids, this one, two, one kid, two years old, one two-year-old, yeah, okay, all right, so like you have a two-year-old kid, that's probably a good age, okay? They're starting, they're walking now, they're starting to go everywhere, all right? You've got both the sense of, I want to show love to this two-year-old, right? And, and show them how much you love them. But now what also do you do? They're now up, they can go running into the street, they can go, you know, do things they're not supposed to do. You're starting to train them. So sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes what are you going to do? You're going to have a voice of trying to say, hey, watch out. Okay, be careful. All right. And as they start getting older, it's going to, it's going to be maybe along the lines of, I'm your dad and I know what's best for you. <laughs> right? And I'm doing this because I know what's best. Even though you might want to rebel against me, this is what's best for you. Right. And That's so, I, I think yeah. here too, that, like he's saying there, inequity is pardon. Uh huh. But they still have to receive that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Very, very good. Yeah. And I think what we're going to see here in the next part of Isaiah 40 is they're not really receiving that. Right. Okay. And that's where you have the terrible twos. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not really receiving that. It's like, hey, I'm your father. I know what's best. And here's why I, as your father... You can trust me to listen to me that I know best. All right. Um, so look at, like, look at verse 12. All right. So, well, let, let me just, I'm going to read 12 through 14. So try to get an idea of what is, so now listen almost to the voice of God like a father. And what is he trying to get across? And I guess also think, 
what do you think he's, why is he saying this? What does this mean that his people are thinking? That makes sense. Okay? So try to put yourself in not just the mind of God who's saying this, but he's saying to his people, why is he having to say this to his people? They're in exile. And this is what he says. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult? And who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? I'd say that was sort of emphasis there. What what is God trying to do here? He's, uh, he's trying to remind them of everything he's done in the past. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. So that they he's validating his name. Yeah. He's validating what? His name. Okay. All right. And that he's trustworthy. Okay. That he's yeah. trustworthy. And that he can, he's trustworthy to do what? To, uh, or why is he trustworthy? I guess what what's he trying to say here is why is he trustworthy? Because they put the whole world together. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, you see that? Why is he trustworthy? He he's the one that did it all. I'm the one that created everything, right? You see how we can? Wisdom. Yep. Wisdom was the partner. Yep. He's our awesome God. He's our awesome God. That's a good way to put it. Anybody else? Anything else? Do you see what he's doing there? Okay. Well, you can't compare him to anything else. Okay. Very, very good. Another good one, right? None you can't compare him. can compare to this. Exactly. Who yeah. can you compare God to? What other God has done this? Created everything. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Nobody else has the five hundred million dollars. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Very good. You're getting a catch. <laughs> yeah. Going down a kitchen list is a, a lot of pointed attention grabbers. I mean, look at this. Yeah. Exclamation. Yeah. List, 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 list. And notice how he does that with this question: Who do you think I am? Yeah. You know, I'm the one that did this. How can you call me, you know, by anything else other than this? Who, who do you think it is, right? Who's measured that? Who did, who did he consult? <laughs> um, all right, so now, so now listen to this next section as to what, what is he trying to get across here. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are counted as dust on scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. Why do you think he's having to say this? Omnipotent power. Right, but why is, he, why is God having to tell his people to say this? So they can believe that he can really kick some butt. <laughs> They're all worried about. <laughs> but think about Isaiah. What has been the issue in Isaiah? They're all worried about this attack from these other nations, and they're uh -huh. worried about like we got to make all these plans to try and defend against these armies of these other nations. And he's just basically saying, no, those armies aren't 
anything, like those nations are nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. You guys hear that? They're just like, <laughs> why are you doing this? I, I would almost go today, why are we listening to the news? <laughs> For sure. Okay. Why are we watching, listening to Facebook? Why are we watching, listening to these people listening? And all these people are saying, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. And God's just saying, trust me. What in the heck are you doing? Nonsense. I have this, I, this is nothing. I could almost see him say that about all social media today. Exactly. Right? It's like, it's nothing. Just noise. It's less than, in fact, that, listen to his language. All the nations are nothing before him. Absolutely. They are accounted by him as less than nothing. Okay. I mean, he's not just emphasizing they're nothing. But listen to sort of the, um, the language here. Not only are they nothing, but they are less than nothing. Less than nothing. <laughs> what is less? What, but yeah, what is less than nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty nothing. Zero minus negative territory. Right. It's the same message played out. It's stop, stop fearing the world. Stop regarding man in a way. That's a- absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly like very the good. Same Chris. message. Yeah. And Isaiah two. Stop regarding yeah. man. Stop regarding man. Yeah. And, and the one where I forget where it is, but it says um, to not. What is it? The, uh, oh my gosh, now I can't even The conspiracy it. one? The conspiracy yeah. one. Yeah, well, we have up on that, on the yes, other side yes, of that board yes, there, yes. Isaiah 8. 8. Isaiah yeah. 8. Yeah. yeah. So it reminds me of the same thing as that. Yeah. Regard <laughs> the Lord only. Yes. Only yeah. Him only should you Lord. fear. Only Him should you be in awe. Because He is your sanctuary. I mean, <clears throat> okay. You got your Bibles, you guys? I want you to turn to Genesis. I want you to turn to the very first page of your Bible. That's scripture, not the introduction. <laughs> the yeah, that's very, the do, do not call a conspiracy all that this people have called conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, very good question. You know, I, I gave that to someone recently in my work. Mm. And they were like, this blowing up about things, you know, and I just like, I paused him and he, he said, and he's a, he's a man of faith and he's, and he believes in Christ and, and one of the few guys that I work with actually does, so him and I talk, you know, uh-huh. I gave him that and he like, was like, there's a reason why I called you. I knew, I was just, he was boiled up about something. Uh-huh. I forget now what it was, something with work, manager or something. And he's venting to me about it. I listened to him and then I was like, look, I'm just going to say one thing. I go, you have your Bible? He pulled it out and I showed him that one and we both read it. And it was like, and he, and he just was like, there's, gosh. And you could hear him just breathe. And he was like, uh, there's a reason why I called you. He's like, I just couldn't wow. handle what was going. And I just called you. There's a reason why God made me call you today. And I haven't talked to him for a bit, you know. And it was kind of, it was kind of cool to have to share that one message. And that was really wow, that's making a word like that wow. with another believer that really helped him throughout his day. Yeah. And he was just like, wow. Needed that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a strong message. Yeah. That one line is very powerful, especially this day, every day and age, clearly. Right. The president right. of age has been here forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's part of that. I go back to this question of well, how can we trust um, 
maybe, you know, it's like almost that person with the 500,000 that you go into and they says, yes, I want to give it to you and I will give it to you. It's like that person saying, I've done this for 2,000 people and every one I've delivered on. You mm. can trust me. Right. Okay. Mm. Over and over again, you can trust me. You know, and I love it because it's like, you're Chris, you're, we're going back and we're taking back 3,000 years ago, God told us this. Yeah. It still applies today. It's like when we talk about Galatians, right? It's like the present yeah. ages. Yeah. It's always here. It's always present. It's yeah. like that preparing you the way in the wilderness. That's what John the Baptist was yep. charged with. Yeah. And aren't we charged with the same thing? Right. Prepare the way for the Lord. Yeah. Make straight his path. Yeah. So, Isaiah 40, okay? Isaiah 40, 17, takes us all the way back, all the way back to the very, very beginning, all the way back to the opening words of Genesis, okay? Because it says, all the nations are as nothing before him, they accounted by him as less than nothing, and also it says as and emptiness. That word emptiness, Mm -hmm. okay? Is a word tohu. That's a tohu. Chaos. Excellent. Complete chaos. So in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And how did things start? The earth was without tohu and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There was less than nothing at that time, complete emptiness. And that word tohu means, in a sense, complete chaos. Tohu and vohu. So tohu is form. Vohu is void. Those two together is just utter, just chaos. All right? And I don't know if I ever did this lesson here for you guys, but we start out in Genesis with things without form, which is tohu, which is emptiness here, okay? And without void, which is, void is what do you fill something up with? You start out with no form and no fill, <laughs> nothing. And all of a sudden, what God's going to do in Genesis 6 is he's going to move the tohu into actual form. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to fill that form. And you end up without a day seven. God rests. Why? Because he has created order. And he's saying, what are the nations trying to do? <laughs> you believe in the nations. You put your your hope in the nations. And what are, they, what are they going to do? They're going to only be, they're going to take and create chaos. <laughs> Tohu. So you see, just... Um, God saying they can't you stop. <laughs> Which also tells you here, I think, that these people, like we today, they're still, after everything that's going on, they're now in exile. So they're still thinking, maybe if we do some good things with the Babylonians, maybe if we do all these things, you know, somehow we still have favor and let's focus on the on putting our trust in the nations, not in See that? Okay. 
Then we move into 18 through 20. We're going to sort of move on through this here. Um, so what, what, think about now, okay, so what is God now trying to tell about, the, what, what, what's he doing here in 18 through 20? To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman casts it? And a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts it for silver chains? He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that would not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that would not move. <laughs> <clears throat> so what is, <laughs> what is God trying to say here? That the competition. <laughs> what about the competition? Can we put it? Can't stand out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's perfect, Eric. Seriously, that's that, and that's exactly what it's saying, right? What's the competition? The co- the competition is like you know this idol, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and what's interesting, you just said, it's funny, you said about it not, it, that really is what it means there. He seeks out a skill, skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move or fall. Okay, like somehow, you know, you try to get that idol to stay up, all right? So it doesn't, so it doesn't fall. And this is where we're putting our trust, all right? <laughs> what do you guys think about, what, what are idols today? What do you think about when you when you think of an idol today? Your phone. Did we try to do that with? What what'd you say? <laughs> Your phone. Your phone. The, the president. Phone. The people. Yes. The president. So the phone. Yeah. What else you guys think of? Money. Money. Power. Money. Power. Sports. Just about anything. Sports. <laughs> it's just. It's just like about anything. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Health. The what? Like security and health. Yeah, that's good. I, I never want to get sick. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. My wife. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that bad of a one, though. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> just to the boundary. Then you yes. Just to the <laughs> what else? What else do you think of? Think of idols today. What are people putting their hope in? Cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cryptocurrencies. <laughs> Crypto- well, okay, good. I mean, it's true, right? Yeah. Self-promotion, silver and gold, and nothing compares to Wait a minute. God. Bitcoins were at his hat. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Chris? The self-promotion. Self-promotion, yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, I think you have self. Yeah, period. That's constant. just like we're just so uh, just. It's all about me, me, me. Yeah, right. right. Just everything's turned inward. Right. I am the company. enemy, and it is I. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and I'll go back to my illustration again. It's what would we? What would you do in that case? It's like okay, so the person has twenty four hours to get. 500,000, and they're going to somehow think that I can just do that by myself within 24 hours, you know? Yeah. Put confidence in themselves that it's going to happen. When it's just, there's, it's, it's almost laughable, 
It's not going to happen. You can't earn $500,000 in 24 hours. I okay. think Dallas Willard did it best. He was in a meeting and like somebody came in and, and just said, you know, like we're we're like two thousand dollars short of making our next payment mm -hmm. to keep the seminary open. And he just goes, God, you own all the sheep and the cattle. Everything is yours. Sell some cattle and help us out. And the lady, the lady goes back out to the office and somebody walks in and goes, Hey, I just sold some cattle. Right? So I needed five hundred thousand yeah, right. 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 right there with that guy, right? And the funny thing is that that sounds like, oh, no way. And yet it happens all the time. You guys probably have your own stories where God has done that in your life. that guy with his used car. Yeah, that's right. I remember that's right. He had that story about it. To the absolute penny. To the penny. Yeah. It's almost unbelievable until it happens to you and you go, God, wow, God really, he really does come through, doesn't he? We really can trust him. It just happened that once. I'll never happen again. Just a fluke. Just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. That's right. I hear that all the time. Yeah, I do too. When these miracles come through unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah, it's they, crazy. They it's like just, recognize a funny, the source just a funny story about like how God works. My mom or mother in law, she used to um she works at Disneyland. She's like a waitress at Disneyland. She would drive to work, I forget, you know that old cathedral over there, you know, it's that old big cathedral. Crystal, crystal. Yeah, oh, crystal cathedral. And there was a day that she like, just had this like, voice, loud voice saying, pull off, right by the cathedral, but there's a, or a gas station or something, I mixed up the story. But, just pull off, go to this gas station and wait. And so she's like, well, what, you know, it's a loud voice, and she, it's her first time ever hearing like a voice like this. Pulls over, waits there, waits there. And she's like, what am I doing here? And I say, like, just wait, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, this, this old lady gets off a bus, walks to her car, opens the door, and just sits in her car. <laughs> and she goes, well, and she's like, she's like, what? she goes, hi, I'm whatever. She goes, I'm Misty. And she's like, I, you know, the girl sits down. She goes, and what, what am I, what am I, you know, like, what is going on? She's like, oh, it's like I pray, I, I need to get a ride to the, or somewhere. I forget uh -huh. if it was the cathedral, and I don't know why I'm thinking of the cathedral, but it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant where the destination was. But she always would, this lady would pray to God every day. The one that got off the bus? The one that got off, or got off, got to this place, whatever, to get to another destination every day. And she gets in someone's car and she says she, it happens every day for her. She just gets off, prays to God, and she gets in another car and gets, and then Misty takes her to her destination. And she goes, thank you and God bless you. And then that's, and that was it. And, and she's like, <laughs> Gets on her way to work and like what? It's like this this girl has so much faith that she will get to her destination oh, of God with God helping her. It was that story to me. I love uh, it. I'm like that is amazing. Uh, totally. Just sitting there, girl opens the door, goes hi. Sits Talk the about trusting. <laughs> trusting. Yeah. Exactly. Like trust amazing. And, and and she was just like, whoa. But then when she got dropped the girl off, she kind of like says it really took her back. Like she got really emotional. Like oh my. Got to see the power of that, right? Yeah. She's never seen it like that. Right. So, so that this day, is the day of salvation, and she is living in a heaven state. 
Yeah. She's, she's walking in faith. No, 100% walking, walking in faith. My own. <laughs> you know, it we, happens. We could all do that. Yeah, we, we can. Exactly. It's all the that's, it's just, that's what yeah. the Lord said we're supposed to do. Right. But how many of us do that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can't yeah. Wow. Yeah, I forget where she goes. I think she was going to like a Bible study or going to somewhere. Wow. I forget yeah. the story fully, but yeah, yeah she just prays and gets in the car. Hello. Shut the door and just ready to go. It's it like, what? just the question, when have you done it to the least of these? Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful thing when you hear that voice. Yes. To just go. And do it. Just go. do it. Without any reservation. How many yeah. times have I blown out that voice? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or how many times are we? Or you I'd say, how many right? times am I just deaf to it? I don't even hear it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of deaf, <laughs> so um, 21, it's like, like 21 through 23. <clears throat> Do you not know, you hear God saying this to his people, to us today, do you not know, do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Who brings princes to, there's that word again, (laughs) put our hope in leaders, who puts princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Anything strike you there? What's striking me about this whole thing is that... um, there's there's not really a, a temporal aspect to it, like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not saying that it's over a time span, but for some reason every time I'm hearing all of these things, it's it's always about time. Like you, he takes the princess to nothing, but that happens in rapid succession, you know, mm-hmm. from you know in God's perspective. And the dust of nations, to me, when I, when I hear that, it's like time, like l- large time spans for us uh-huh. are nothing to God. Hmm. So during this whole thing, all I'm thinking is the time and God's eternity, right? That's huh. that's the thing that strikes me the most, even though it's not said. That's, that's a really thing. cool point. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because going, yeah, because, yeah, because we're here, like, that could be 200 years down here. That could be a history book, right, of, like, a yeah, destruction right. of a nation, right? To him, he's like, that's nothing. Yeah, the that's nations like, are uh, dust, but why yeah. are they dust? Because of his perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Because and how long you have your been? empire, and you build your empire, and then your empire is dust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, in a few hundred years, it's yeah, literally right. dust. To us, that feels like and, forever. Yeah. 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 And we learned last week that how they just build dust on top of dust. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, so it's like perfectly uh, logical. That's a cool point. So what does that do when you see that peak? What does that do as far as trusting God? How does that help? I mean, it's you? just it's it's just his. I mean, his his power. Yeah, and I think one of the coolest things about God is that He knows the beginning from the end. Right, so not only does he have power and, you know, 
wisdom, he's got all intelligence, but he knows the beginning from the end. So he can say, so like, we we set appointments, we put appointments in our calendar, <coughs> and if we knew everything and had control over everything, we'd always keep our appointments, right? If something comes up, oh, I got sick, or I, you know, something came up, right? right? And we can't, but if, if we could, we would know that we'd only set appointments that we wanted to keep, and we'd know, like God. So he... He has all power, all knowledge. He's going to do what he says. It's To me, I think that that's, that's one of the most comforting things about God, is that he knows the divine foreknowledge, mm-hmm. I think, is, is one of the coolest things. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Again, trust in him, right? Um, yeah, because he's, he's not going to change his mind. All right, Uh, verse 24, part of the same thing, a little bit of that. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. I guess I've just seen what you just said. You just like, yeah, this, just poof, they're planted, they're sown. Scarcely is their stem taking root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. So that yeah, so so that is more temporal, right? Yeah, that, that's directly relating to time. But I don't know why I was seeing that the whole time, the whole all the other scriptures. But it's sort of what you said, though. It sort of puts time in perspective, like yeah, yeah, right. like let's we better trust him today because we might not have tomorrow, <laughs> right? Sure, time has changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It really makes you feel minuscule. It's crazy <laughs> compared to God's power. And I think that's the tension here. In one hand, it's like, well, we're just dust to dust. But on the other hand, the Son of God died on a cross to give us the freedom from sins to live a life of God today. Yeah, but but we we are not only, you know, we are are eternal things, too, like eternal forward. Right, right. Right, so what we do today matters for eternity future, although, you know, physically... Here on this earth, in our Bless present you. position, it's not going to last too long. Yeah, yeah. Like we're specks of dust on this earth, right? But yeah. Right. When we're eternal, we're very. I mean, well, we're close to His heart now, but we're so close to His heart still, and right. very, very mighty in the, in the eternal realm. Well, and I think of just like with Steve's story that he started with, you know, about this, you know, through all these set of events. Yeah. That happened, you end up having another person in heaven now. Yeah. <laughs> another person is going to be the saved. So All we right. should be paying attention to those appointments. Yeah. Like the phone call you've got. Yeah, exactly. Or the nudge to call somebody. Yeah. Or you know, we should be paying. Because if we're walking with him, when we hear, when we get those nudges, we should be acting on them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Good. Yeah. Good. And I think, I think that's something. Well, I like, again, what Chris said. It made me think, actually, about in verse 8, where it says the grass, with, the grass withers. The, so this goes almost to what you just said, too. The grass withers, a flower, flower fades. Here you have sort of a time, but then you have eternity. But the word of our God will stand forever. Mm-hmm. We just found out about how the idols, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to fashion to even make them stand. The word of God stands forever. You gave your friend the word of God, and I will absolutely guarantee that 
Yeah. You'll see him in heaven one day. Yeah. You'll see him in the new heavens and the new earth. And he'll go, remember when you told me that, Chris? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, they brought the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant and put it in next to one of their gods. They their, yeah, the Philistines. Yeah, yeah. got chopped in half. Yeah, yeah. There's a, another <clears throat> aspect of this that really hit me. That is, there's no doubt how powerful God is. Then, are we supposed to then just totally submit and nothing is required of us? No. Well, no, no. A lot of it is required right. of us. Yeah. And uh, what is it? Um, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, after all the power and omnipotence is put in, we are completely, totally, a thousand percent dependent and, and not required to do anything. We, we inherit a responsibility yeah. to let that work through us and, and to use the gifts that we have. Well, and you think of when you say trust God, when I say trust God, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to sit here and trust God to do yeah, something. Right. Trust is directly, it's like hearing and obeying trust and obedience. The way you show God you trust him is by being obedient, by doing exactly what you just said there, yeah. about how we act towards one another, how we interact with one another, how what we do in every second of our life is showing, saying, does this show that I trust God? Yeah, trusting is in action. Yeah, you I mean, you're sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And your friend, the woman, okay, and the forgiveness she gave, yeah. okay, yeah, is trusting God, all right? And I'm going to extend that forgiveness because yeah. God told me to, and I'm going to show I trust him by doing that. Yeah. And what did it do? I'm looking with the obedience to Right. That's a very good point. Right. Yeah. Way to look at a lot of things in life. Okay. Next section we're going to move through here. Um, to whom, verse 25, to whom will they compare me? I, and I love you, just almost picture God just standing up there. Like, to whom are they going to compare me? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your, lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these things? He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. <laughs> there it is. Not one is missing. Mm. The sheep. Okay. Not one is missing. <clears throat> okay. So now, here's my scenario. So we get to this point, and we uh, hopefully this. Uh, you see how God's sort of trying to remind them and tell them, "You're a God that you can count on." Okay. I'm going to deliver. That 500,000, all right, to your door within that 24 hours, all right? But now I want you to think what happens. Let's say you end that scenario. Okay, let's say that it was at 8.30 last night that that person said, you have 24 hours, you got to bring me the half a million. It is now, it means it has to be delivered by 8.30, it's now 8.25. How are you going to be feeling? What are you going to do? <laughs> How would you, what would, what would you be doing at this point? Would you be like... I would pray. Okay, good. 
We'll see what you're supposed to be calm. You're probably anxious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's here's a, yeah here's the people in Babylon. They've been exiled, and they're going when right. when Lord are you going to deliver me? When is this money going to come? <laughs> okay. And now listen to listen to this next section here because it sort of is that scenario is like okay. Are they patient? Are they waiting on God? Or what are they doing? And listen to what happens. Verse 27. Why do you say, this is God saying, okay, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. See what's happening there? Is there they're questioning God. Yeah. He's saying, why are you saying this? You're you're now saying you don't trust me. You're saying, and when it says my right, that actually is the word justice. It's mispah. That my rights and what is supposed to be right here, you're supposed to deliver that money. You're supposed to take me out of Babylon. All right. And what what are they what are they saying? They don't believe it's going to happen. No. It's being disregarded. My God has left me. My God's not going to come through. My God, I can't trust anymore. He's totally given up. Okay? He's not going to come through. How many of us would feel with that? Now i got two minutes left. Okay? Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Right? And, and that's what they're, I think that's the sense that they have. It's like, we're, again, we're in exile. When's it going to happen? When are we going to get delivered? Okay, um, and so it says, have you not known, verse 28, have you not heard? <laughs> so this is God saying, you're telling me you don't trust me, you're disregarding me, you're basically just saying, we can't trust God, he's left us. Although the irony is, it says, my God. Remember how we heard your God and our God? All of a sudden, it's my God. But we're saying to my God, it's like your daughter, your daughter coming up to you and say. I can't trust you anymore, Dad. You're just not coming through. You don't love me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and so he goes. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is ever, an everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. Again, listen to God reminding what His power is. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. So, his understanding is unsearchable. We're growing weary. We now have one minute. The money's not here. I still say wait on the Lord. You say wait on the Lord? Turn the page. Verse 31. Here we have, okay, we have 45 seconds left. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Yes. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And in through the door right now walks $500,000. 
And it's not—it's all on his timing anyway. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I what they have, I've been getting lately is like, you, I mean, take, take stock about all the prayers you've prayed and see if they haven't been answered. Or the desires of your heart when you're walking with the Lord, you find that all these things are added. Yeah. Right? And so it's like there's this period of time when you, when you pray for something. Just wait. You just have to yeah. wait. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's not for a while. But there's always a reason to the wait. Because right? he's faithful. Right? He says, two or three are gathered. Ask in my name and you shall receive it. And you just do that in faith. And at some point in time, it will get answered. So it just might have to be a few, you know, trials you got to go through. Right. Well, remember well, Ahaz, he said, I, be no. and I go back, <laughs> yeah, I go back to what Peter says, I mean, it's, I mean, Ahaz, remember Ahaz was told by God, like, just wait, yeah. and, and you know, you think they're going to come attack you, and I'm saying, and it, there was a timing, I think it was like three years at one point, okay, where it was like Isaiah said, in three years, you don't have to worry about this anymore, the whole situation is going to change, and Ahaz, I can't wait. And so I'm going to take control, all right? I'm going to make my little idols. I'm going to go worship these other idols over here. I'm going to disregard what God has to say. I'm going to do my own thing, even though God says, ask whatever you wish. That's why I like That's why I like what you were saying about the time. Yeah. It's, I'm glad you said that, because it's like our, we, we stress in that one. Three years, I can't wait three years. No. I was like, just wait. It's not. It's minimal. Right. It's very tiny. You know, it's 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 a speck of dust. And just wait, yeah. be patient, trust. And it's, it's it's crazy. You know, we're so we want things so impulse, right? Right. I mean, if our if our Netflix buffers, we're like, gosh, you know, plug it and like plug it back in. You're like, think about it. You know, we're very impulse people. Yeah. Hard for us to wait for anything, but just to walk with the Lord and actually wait and trust. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing if you do it. If you yeah. do it, it works. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can say something there. No. No, <laughs> the green. Yeah. So, any other comments as we sort of close? I mean, I went through this pretty quick because I want to get all the way through 40 and just sort of give us that idea, but you just sort of see what God's doing here. Yeah. He just keeps constantly saying, I am the God yeah. you can trust me. And that's, I don't know. That's to me what I, I get, well, it bugs me because I know so many people will just take the word of God. And I, I will too. If I didn't have this on Tuesday nights, I've said that before, but if I don't have something that motivates me, a discipline to say, I need to hear what I just heard tonight every day, every day, every day to remind me because how impatient do we get to say, oh, waiting on the Lord. I have to wait on the Lord. Just check all the kings. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have no choice but to wait on the Lord. Well, I mean, we, we don't, but we, cer- we certainly, listen to this, we certainly think we do. Oh, no, right? I've never thought so. <laughs> yeah, to all the kings, it's like the, even the ones that did right was it, that was in the sight of the Lord, they just do something at the very end of their lives. They just go, who did that? 
who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Hallelujah. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love to those who fear him. So far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgression from us. As the Father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. The Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. So stop right there. So when we say that last one in bold, I want the Taklins to hear us. Okay? Yes, sir. All right. Bless the Lord, all his works. In all places of his dominion, bless the Lord.